Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Tucker with a fly ball toward right. Bellinger, a long run. He's going to get there and make the catch. And the Pirates are retired in order in the ninth. And they lose for a sixth straight time. Final from L.A. Dodgers 6, Pirates 2. The highlights of the game are brought to you by High Tech Auto Care. They are going to be few and far between after this one. You heard Greg Brown say it there. A 6-2 loss at the hands of the Dodgers. The Pirates now 12-12 on the year, having lost six in a row. Doesn't feel like all that long ago they were 12-6 and and we were riding high about this team and talking about how great things could be this year. The starting pitching was going to carry them. We felt great about so many aspects of them. Well, the starting pitching really is what got them behind eight ball in this one, and they got behind early. We had a Dodgers beat writer on the preview show, and he warned us that what this Dodgers lineup likes to do is get to pitchers through contact to wear them out, make them throw a lot of pitches. We had concerns about Chris Archer's efficiency. We saw those come to fruition here early in the game. Not a bad first inning. Finishes the second inning at 43 pitches. He ends up going just four innings. Gives up six hits, six earned runs, three walks, just three strikeouts, and two home runs. Not the type of outing you want from Chris Archer in a game like this or a game at any point, let alone one where you're in the middle of a five-game losing streak. We welcome in Pirates broadcaster Bob Walk. Bob, just a tough game from start to finish, it felt like tonight. Yeah, we really uh, didn't play a very good ball game. Uh, there was much offense. Uh, the game, free, as Clint likes to call them, free 90s tonight. I think there was about four or five of those. Um, and then uh, I just heard you talking about uh, Archer. Certainly uh, not his best tonight. Very inconsistent with it. with his control, I thought, from uh, you know hitter to hitter. And uh, there wasn't much to point at that uh, you could – you know, say it was a silver lining. Maybe, maybe Bell uh, in a home run. He hit another ball very hard tonight. Uh, he's been a bright spot right now in the offense, but uh, the uh, the starting pitching has has turned a little south here on us, and that was uh, keeping us uh, keeping us going and and uh, getting the winds flowing our way. And now that uh, we've hit a little rough spot with that, it's getting to be very very tough to find a W. And Bob, I had one of the Dodgers beat writers on before the show or before the game in the preview show, and he talked about how this Dodgers lineup operates. They like contact, they like to get to pitchers, make them work. Archer with the eighty-eight pitches through four innings. Hurdle even talked before the game, said Chris Archer's cognizant of his inefficiency at times, but he can't just flip a switch on it. What do you do or what different tactics can they take to work on something like that with a guy like Chris Archer? Well, I don't know. I, I I would have to ask ask Archer. Like you got two quick outs, and then you jumped ahead. The O two or one two, I think, to Barnes, and then you throw him like uh, I don't know seven or eight pitches. You got the three two on him. He hits a home run, and then you throw nine pitches, or maybe it was eight pitches. What difference does it make? I guess to the the pit to to the pit to the to the pitcher, and then you walked him. So it's. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I would like to hear what his answer is to why. Because there's the that's that's the efficiency problem right there. 
uh, he threw, you know, another dozen pitches at least that inning that he didn't really need to. He's He had the first two outs, nice and clean, real quick. He got 8-9 coming up and couldn't put those guys away, couldn't put one of them away. And part of the problem, too, I mean, you see Josh Bell hit that home run. Then you lead off the fourth inning walking Pollock and walking Muncie back-to-back. And I even noticed at one point, I think at a couple points, actually, he walked, was it uh, Pollock, on four straight pitches. Then he throws the first two balls to Muncie. And you see Francisco Cervelli get fired up behind the plate trying to get him going. And then they have a mound visit after he walks the next batter. And, And Cervelli stays animated. When you see your catcher going like that, is that does that help get you to another gear like that, or is that Francisco just looking for anything to get his guy going? Uh, I, you know, I, I think that's more just Francisco's personality. I don't think that that, that really gets anybody going. I mean, I, I, as a pitcher, I wouldn't respond to that at all. Uh, but uh, I think Francisco's just an animated personality out there. I mean, uh, watch him hit. <laughs> you know, when he, when he, it, it, there's a, there's a lot of drama going on. So I don't really think that has anything to do with the pitcher. I think that's more of Francisco. And, you know, it, Archer's animated also. You know, when you, to, when you come to think about it, I mean, he's, you know, spinning, doing 360s out there after a pitch. And, you know, he'll, he'll do all kinds of stuff. There's a, a lot of energy spent out there by Archer in, in other ways other than pitching. Bob, we had talked in the last years about how impressive that Diamondbacks lineup was. And this is the problem where when you get into a losing streak and you run into some, into some good teams, you're facing another tough lineup. What did you see from that Dodgers lineup in this first game? You know, I, 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 they got a couple of guys that are off to really hot starts. But uh, to me, their attack is based on balls and home runs. Um, you know, they're, they're not that, – that to me is, is how they beat people. Um, if you can cut down the walks and not walk anybody, and when they hit the ball out of the ballpark, it's solo home runs. You know, I think they can be beatable at least the way they're they're starting off to their season. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys that are, are hitting the ball very hard. You know, Bellinger is just unconscious right now. It's just incredible. Uh, he might be one guy that in certain situations you don't want to throw a strike to. But you know, I think uh, when you have teams that take a lot of pitches, don't walk them, throw them a lot of strikes. Uh, you know, and then when they do hit a ball out of the ballpark, it's solo hot, solo shot. Bob, you mentioned Pirates broadcaster Bob Walk joining us on Pirates post game. You mentioned Josh Bell's home run. He had that nice play with the glove in the bottom of the third that doubles up Bellinger on his own. I know Bell's arm is what it is. I don't think much will change on that front, but it seems like the glove and the play in the field has at least ticked up a little bit this year. Have you noticed that from him? Um. Yeah, I, I have. You know, I, I still, you know, I like the the play today is not an exceptional play. I might drive right at him. So, but but I, I agree with you. I, I think he has, uh, you know, done a pretty good job with the with the glove. And and there's times where he's not made throws, uh, where he's like running a guy instead. And you know, and that's just using his head. He knows that that's not a strong suit of his game. So. He'll run at a guy, get a guy going back to a bag, and then he's just got a nice short throw to make. So he's he's playing smarter out there for sure. I think uh, he's not uh, not making any uh, any any throws. He's playing within himself. You know, he knows what he's capable of doing, what he's not capable of doing, and he's he's playing with himself, uh, playing within himself on defense. And I think that's 
that's a big key to, to him improving is uh, the mental aspect of defense also. Uh, and if, if he's just an average fielder out there, I mean, that's, that's more than enough the way he's hitting. Bob, we saw Gregory Polanco struggle with a few balls in right field here at PNC Park in the final game against the Diamondbacks. He bobbles that one or lets it just bounce off his glove and allows a runner to advance, which we talked about those free bases that they can't be giving up. With We've heard the Pirates talk a lot about his arm strength not being there yet in terms of throwing the ball. Do you think this is a product of that, like he's just trying to be too quick with things to make up for the arm, or Gregory has had these problems in the past. Is this maybe just more of the type of outfielder that he is? I think you, you hit the nail on the head there with the end, with your statement you made at the end. He's he's had all these problems at the past. I mean, you can you can go back over the you know couple years he's been with us where he has been challenged out there on defense in the outfield and not having anything to do with throwing. In fact, the the throwing in the past has been probably what he's done best. Uh, you know, the other things that you know taking good routes and and having good hands out there. Uh, that that's been a problem with him, and uh, it, it, from what I see, it continues to be a problem. Uh, but uh, and I also understand what they're saying about the throwing. It looks like uh, to me, it, and, and this is what he should be doing, looking at his arm strength, is he's just getting to the ball and getting it to the cutoff guy as quick as he can. He's not not trying to make any throws, which is a smart thing. He shouldn't be. He should just get it to the cutoff guy and let him throw it wherever it needs to be. Well, Bob, I think there's something to be said for the way you and Greg entertain people in a game like this. Did you know what you were doing, giving him a hard time about those stat packs tonight? <laughs> yeah, I know I was going to stir him up. And, uh, I was uh, pointing out a lot of stuff that was kind of kind of messed up with him. And, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't been real happy this year with the changes that they've made to him. And so uh, I knew how to press his buttons. He knows how to press mine, too. Oh, and you can tell. Where he gets me all stirred up also, so. We've been sitting next to each other for 25 years. We we know what uh, what to do to get the other guy going. Well, I'll tell you that when the game goes the way that it did tonight, when you guys have that back and forth, I could just hear it coming when you mentioned those stat packs. And then Greg just says, you're trying. <laughs> you're trying to get me. And eventually you just broke him. That, well, that made my night. He's like, okay, you got me. And then yeah. he went on his little, little tirade, yeah. Well, I enjoyed that, Bob. So thank you for that moment tonight. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, you know, there's nothing we can do about tonight's game. It is what it is, and uh, it's it's not going to be easy. we got to uh, get back to that good starting pitching, and then uh, we'll win more than we lose. That's right. Thank you, Bob, for joining me. We'll let you go and hopefully talk to you on a better note here in the future. All right, maybe tomorrow. Bye. Thanks, Bob. Take care. It's Pirates broadcaster Bob Walk enjoying the L.A. Night Man. Him and Greg, there were, there were a couple times that Bob brought things up that you knew we're going to get to Greg and you could see, or you could hear him just poking and poking and poking, trying to get him going. And it was really, really enjoyable. So that's, that's the thing I like that when you're listening to these games, it, it may be a good game or a bad game either way. Pirates blow out pirates losing in a blowout, but you still get that entertainment between the two of them that I get a kick out of. Take your calls at 412-928-9370 throughout the post game show. We got Chuck in Uniontown. Go ahead, Chuck. Good morning. Good morning. Look, Good morning, Craig. That's right. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this this was a bad way to get this thing, get this trip out there started. But I can't say that I'm really surprised. But to me, well, I think things started to go sour. We scored a run in the first inning, 
And yes, I know there are the Dodgers and all the power and everything else, but I think if we, we might have had a better chance, not only game-wise, but psychologically to do something, if we would have kept the, zero, kept the Dodgers off the board for, for at least a couple innings, but right away, before the first inning was over, we gave it right back with interest. And, every, and then everything just went downhill from there. I mean, it's, yeah, you at least try to, you know, keep, keep ahead for a little bit. And then maybe who knows what we could have done. If we were, if we were playing with a little, albeit a small lead, but still a lead. But, you know, the, the, these are the Dodgers, and that's what they do to you. And that's what now... That's what seven zillion days we've lost in a row out there. Mm-hmm. We just, uh, it just nothing, nothing seems to go right out there. Well, Chuck, thank you for the call. I appreciate you staying up with us tonight. You had mentioned about needing to take advantage of those situations early in the game. We've heard Chris Archer talk about it after games. We've heard Clint Hurdle talk about it throughout the season. They have a small margin of error for victory with this team. And they do jump out to that one nothing lead in the top of the first. They give two runs back right away. And they give another one up in the second, then three in the fourth, and that's it. At that point, you're down 6-2 to two to this Dodgers team. Ryu is cruising now. The, the only way you're going to beat this team, really, is if you get through the starting pitcher and get to the bullpen. Like I said, I had one of the Dodgers beat writers on in the preview show, and that's what he said. Starting pitching is pretty solid. The bats are going to score runs. The bullpen is very hit or miss for them. That's your opportunity to get to them. But when you allow Ryu to settle in and go seven innings, giving up eight hits, scattering eight hits, because it did not feel like eight, just two earned runs and striking out ten, you're not going to get a chance to really take advantage of that bullpen when they can pick and choose how they're going to throw to you. And you see they use Alexander for just two-thirds, Floro for a third, and then Garcia comes in for the ninth. But at that point, it's already over, so it didn't matter. And one of the things we talked about against about going against Ryu is that he'd given up a, at least one home run in every game he's pitched so far. And Josh Bell gets him with that one early, and you start to think, okay, got something going, could could get it going here, could keep thing, could keep the minute, because at that point it's it's just what three to two, but Archer gives right back the runs because he gives up the walks like we talked about with Bob, and things snowball out of control, and that fourth inning is a disaster. And now you're down 6-2. Keep taking your calls at 412-928-9370. We got Mike in Newcastle. Go ahead, Mike. Craig, how you doing tonight, buddy? Good. How about you? Uh, very well. It's just tough. Uh, you, you're, you just get done with the five-game losing streak, and then you got to go to L.A., the place where you really don't do well at all. I, I, what is this, the seventh consecutive loss in L.A. or something? Yep. They haven't won there, I think, since 2016. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad, and the, and then you just, and then you had how many consecutive losses against the Diamondbacks? But unfortunately, uh, this this was just going to be a tough week for the Pirates, just because they have too many injuries. Then you're then you're going to play two of the teams you don't play well against, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. You haven't played well against them for the last couple of years. Unfortunately, this is just one of the bad weeks. We just got to suck it up and uh, move on from here and. Hey, at least we're good. I, I, my, my, my one good friend texted me. He said, "Oh, the Pirates are having a meltdown." I said, huh. "Don't don't worry about it. We're just getting our LA trip out of the way early in April, so that's huh. always a good thing." 
I agree, Mike, but one thing that concerns me, you tell me how you feel about this. I, I agree that the bats aren't going, and a lot of that is due to injury. But they were overcoming that with pitching, but if the pitching's not there, even the bats they're going to get back won't make up for it. You look at the last three starting pitchers. You have Archer go four innings tonight, gave up six earned runs. Ty on the last time out, five innings, five earned runs. Jordan Lyles, the start before that, five innings, four earned runs. Even if they get everybody healthy and back in this lineup, that is not a winning formula for this team. Well, unfortunately, uh, the Dodgers got a lot of power. Cody Bellinger, he does he does good against everybody. He just seems to me like he does outstanding against the Pirates. He's just the true Pirate killer. I know I. It, it seems uh, it seems like he gets a home run every game he plays us, and he and then uh, when they play the Diamondbacks, uh, another guy it seems like he gets us all the time is that uh, Cantel Marte. They just they them two teams just got a lot of pirate killers on them. And yeah, how, uh, it, it, how many game, how many consecutive games does Cody Bellinger have a home run against the Pirates? It ha- yeah, every time I, I, every time I see him play us, it seems like he gets a home run every game. Or is it just me? Uh, it might be, Mike. Thank you for the call. I know Bellinger does have good numbers against the Pirates. We were looking them up in the preview show. But, I mean, Bellinger had that really good first year. Then yes, last year was a bit of a step back. And then, obviously, this year we see what he's doing. He's one of the hottest hitters in baseball, right up there with Christian Yelich, which is, I mean, NL MVP that picked up right where he left off last year. It's just not a good time for the Pirates right now. You talk about the injuries. That is hurting them. Because you'd rather, I mean, Marte in center instead of Brian Reynolds. You know what? Brian Reynolds, though, one for four with the double, hitting 438. His production is actually better than Starling Marte's was when he got hurt. Not saying that he's a better player than Marte, but I'm saying while he has been here instead of Marte, he's been a better hitter than what we saw. You got Melky Cabrera playing left in place of Corey Dickerson. He's hitting 306. Not power. Dickerson has a little more power than what we've seen from Melky, but still hitting 306. So as you get these guys back, you need to get them going too. That's the thing because they're going to be better off in the field with Corey Dickerson out there. Marte is better than Brian Reynolds in center field, although Brian Reynolds has been perfectly fine out there since he got called up. But it's the pitching. That's what it's going to have to come back to. The pitching is what got them to 12-6, and and unfortunately it's also what's gotten them to 12-4. and Like I pointed out, your last three starters, Archer, Tyone, and Jordan Lyles, combined 14 innings pitched, 15 earned runs. Forget the Pirates. There's not a team in baseball that's going to win with that formula, let alone a team that's built on pitching and is hoping just to get enough scratch and claw from their offense to come through. That's not what this Pirates team is made of. That's not how they're going to win games this year. But I want to focus more coming up next on Chris Archer and what the problems are with him and how they get figured out. And if you can figure them out with a guy that's been around this long, can you can you teach an old dog new tricks sort of thing? Because, like, I asked Bob, what do you do when Clint Hurdle is saying that Archer is aware of his inefficiency, but you can't just flip a switch? How do you fix that problem? We'll talk about that next. I want your calls at 412-928-9370. We'll also hear from Pirates manager Clint Hurdle. That's all coming up next here on Pirates Fan Reaction. And a line drive deep to right field, and it's gone. He's hit another 13. He gives the Dodgers a 2-1 lead in the first. Tonight's home run was brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. That one off the bat of Cody Bellinger. 
And that is also what we're calling our break of the game, brought to you by Leon's Billiards and more in Wexford or online at leonsbilliards.com. The Pirates get that run in the first, and you start to feel good about things, and then, boom, one swing of the bat. The Dodgers are up 2-1, and this is a team that once they get ahead, you don't know if that's going to change, and it did not tonight. That was that was the end of it. The Pirates had a chance with the Josh Bell home run later on, but everything went belly up after that. Chris Archer really struggled. I want to talk more about him, but I said we'd take your calls at 412-928-9370. We've got Jim wants to talk about the Pirates' struggles. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, is this, is this is Chris? This is Craig. Oh, yeah, I was wondering, you know, Pirates, they could have been about maybe 11 and 4. You know, not only not only they started hot, they probably give away at least three or four ball games. Now in the losing streak, and they got uh, Musgrove and Williams. I think they're uh, they're probably right now the best two pitchers going for the Pirates. I I think it's going to be it does a look good. They could they could have a, a a big losing streak here. They lose five to the Dodgers, and they get. Texas and coming back home, that could be. <laughs> They've got a tough stretch. They got a tough stre- uh, stretch of games ahead of them too. You got the Rangers after this, and the Athletics, and then you get some real tough teams mixed in there too. The Cardinals are in there. The Padres are in there. They go at the Diamondbacks again, not in, in like the middle of next month. And something you said, they could have been eleven and four. They could have been even better than they were when they got to twelve and six. The bullpen was blowing games back then. They weren't getting what they. Thought they'd get from, like, Keone Kella. Richard Rodriguez had his struggles. Vasquez has been the only one that's been the guy you can count on night in and night out out there. Yeah. So the bullpen blew those games and could have been better. And now the bullpen actually has thrown eight straight shutout innings over the last couple of games, but it's the starting pitching. You mentioned Trevor Williams and Joe Musgrove. They have gone in their last two outings a combined, uh, what is it, 13 innings and only giving up yeah. five runs between the two of them as opposed to the other three guys, 14 innings and 15 earned runs. Yeah, I think J-Mo, I, I, think, he's, I think he's hurting a little bit. I don't, I don't think he's he's not having any. I tell you, they could spiral out of control. I, I hope they can. I hope they get. They got two good pitchers. They they definitely have to win at least. At least two of these games. Yeah, and it won't be easy. Like you said, Clayton Kershaw and Rich Hill, the next two guys they're going to face. Those will not be easy games. And and you mentioned about Ty on there. I start to wonder if something is going on with him. That five-inning game he won, the game where uh, Cole Tucker hit that two-run home run, got called after five because of the rain. He went five innings only giving up the one run. But everything in that game was elevated for him. I went back through my notes a couple days ago looking at that game and remember writing down that everything was high for him. The command wasn't there. It just seemed off. And then you see the Diamondbacks get to him the way that he that they did. And oh, it's unlike him to be this bad a couple games in a row like that. Yeah, I just hope they can hope they can keep it. Another thing I I wish think it's just starting pitching going. I wish they let these guys. They need the starters to try to go seven innings. But this hundred pitch thing, you know, it's it's crazy. I don't know. Um, yeah, you saw anyway, what the Dodgers let Ryu do tonight, seven innings. And Ryu has just one start under his belt coming off the I.L. He'd started a couple of – started two games, one on the – started three games, one on the I.L., started that one, and then this is his second game back, and they're already ready to let him go 105 pitches, only 66 strikes, but he gets the seven strong innings and 10 strikeouts, and look how that works out. 
Yeah, I think the part, if the Pirates should get these guys pitching and let these guys go a little bit deeper in the game, I, you know, I, and eliminate that seventh, uh, uh, the seventh inning guy, uh, guy, you know, eighth inning. Yeah, I think the starters try to go seven, but I don't know. Anyhow, you do a nice job. Well, thanks for the call, Jim. I appreciate you staying up with us tonight and calling into the show. We talk about that efficiency, wanting to get guys to go deep into games. The problem is Chris Archer just isn't allowing them to do that right now. His inefficiency is really hurting him. If you remember going back to last year, Chris Archer, when he came to the Pirates, was one or the other. He either pitched more than like six or more, or he struck out a bunch of guys. He didn't have the ability to do both. If he racked up the strikeouts, it was in an inefficient manner. But when he would go deep, there wouldn't be a ton of strikeouts, and he'd have to work his way through it. And he's obviously better when he's striking out a bunch of guys. I mean, what pitcher isn't? But that's his M.O. When he's going well, he's striking guys out and getting deep. We saw a game like that this year from him against the Nationals. He went seven innings, struck out nine, and threw 94 pitches. And I remember after that game, it was a 3-2 loss for the Pirates. But I remember after that game talking about that's the Chris Archer that they traded for. That's the guy they were hoping to get. The guy that would go deep into games, strike out a bunch, and give your team a chance to win. I mean, in that game, he went to seven innings, only gave up one earned run. They lost three to two, like Jim was just talking about. The types of games they could have won before where the bullpen blew it and the starting pitching was holding them into it. Now it's just the opposite. The bullpen's holding up their end of the bargain. You even see a guy like Nick Kingham get out there tonight. Goes two innings, one walk, three strikeouts, that's it. Richard Rodriguez, one inning, two hits, two strikeouts. Felipe Vasquez, one inning, one hit, one walk, two strikeouts. That's the type of bullpen we expected from this team, and that's without seeing Keone Kella or Kyle Crick, two guys I think they're going to lean on heavily this year. That's just Kingham and Richard Rodriguez out there, two guys that if you told them they were going to count on at the beginning of the year, they probably wouldn't have been thrilled about, but now they're leaning on them at times. And the other problem with Archer's inefficiency is – This is a really, really tough Dodgers lineup. Uh, Top to bottom, there's not really a weak spot. There are guys that are maybe cold at times, but they have a good mix throughout the lineup where you can't really try and just mix and match. And and we know Hurdle likes to throw his guys for a full inning anyways, not just bring out one guy at a time. But you'd like that ability against a good lineup at least. Well, now tonight, Archer only going four innings means you had to use four innings out of your bullpen. Kingham throws two. Luckily, you get two out of him. But Richard Rodriguez threw today. You know how Clinton Hurdle works. Will he be hesitant to use him tomorrow, go to Crick and Kella instead? Well, then the day after that, who knows who gets used then? It just compiles. When a starting pitcher only goes four innings, this this wears on your bullpen. So when the bullpen's going good right now and you're going to use them like that, you're going to end up breaking them. You can't count on them that much. And Chris Archer's inefficiency isn't just hurting the team as they're trying to claw their way back into games. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt the bullpen, too. But I want to take a minute here. We'll hear from Clint Hurdle, who talked after the game. He opened up, opened up with him talking about Archer's early issues. So let's hear that conversation now. For me, it was pretty cut and dry. The fact he got ahead five or six hitters in one sequence of time, he wasn't able to put anybody away. Barnes had two strikes on him both times, so... Um, that was the biggest culprit. First pitch strikes were 50%. There's three walks, there's three strikeouts. I think the overall consistency um, just wasn't what you wanted it to be. The fastball was top end today, a lot of velocity. Threw some good sliders, but then hung one to Barnes. Threw some good changeups, but then Bellinger hit that one. The two walks complicated things in the fourth as well, so a little bit of a mixed bag. 
of the nine men that reached base against them, he was ahead. He had two strikes on six of them. And yeah. Execution. There you go. Well, inability to put them away, basically. Is that is that solely execution, or is there more to it to put guys away? Well, I I'm of the opinion that if he gets the ball where he wants to get it, he'll get outs. Um, so they may have fouled off a good pitch here or there, but. I think overall it was just our inability to put people away with two strikes. I think you might have had Barnes before the homer, the one-two pitch. I don't get a chance to go back and look at balls. We talked about it, so I don't know. He didn't get the call, so you move on from there. Um, with Cervelli in the second inning, did you get a chance to talk to him about what happened there with the, with the pass ball when he was on third? Oh, it just lost, lost uh, control of the ball. Just lacked ball security. Unfortunately, it happens. It happened. Was all part of a just a rough inning. We didn't handle the ball in right field. And we got a pass ball in the same inning and two walks. Really complicated things. Um, I know when, you, when he was on third base, uh, if there was a pass ball, you didn't go out. Oh no no no, no the ball didn't get far enough away. I don't know if you watched Cervelli play. He's not really fast, and at that point in time, I don't think it was a very good play or a good decision at all for him to go home then. When you watch Josh the way he's striking the ball consistently, is this more similar to what he was doing in September, or is this something different? Uh, there's some similarities. I think the right-handed swing is showing up the best I've seen it since he's been here right now. The yeah, early, called early look. Well, <laughs> the early look. Every once in a while, I'm right. Um, I try and pay attention, watch stuff. But you guys put pressure on Ryu the first couple innings, and then he seemed to really settle in. Is it anything he did different, or? You know, we missed two opportunities early to, to push things out of the box. Uh, when you get first and third, you get no outs. And I'm not, you know, I, I think a, a better pitch maybe from Polanco. It looked tight. It looked close. Um, yeah, he caught it, hit it hard. But you're hitting the ball right to the dead pull corner, and you're looking for something to hit out to the middle of the field with nobody out and around in the corners like that. Um, that didn't work out for us. Uh, we failed to score another runner from third base with less than two outs in the next inning. Uh, we had some early pressure. He pitched us basically as we anticipated the pitch. He had good stuff. He mixed his pitch as well, but there was nothing. Kept the ball away. Kept the ball down. The cutter played in tight. A lot of punch outs with that late. Um, we had two early opportunities we weren't able to, to get any traction with. That, that hurt us. That is manager Clinton Hurdle, and boy, did he speak a lot of truth there. That they got to Ryu early, but not enough. You look at what happened in the first inning. Adam Frazier singles on a line drive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Melky Cabrera then singles, gets Frazier to third. And Gregory Polanco comes up and gets Frazier home, but it's a double play. That doesn't do you a whole lot of good in that situation. That's not what you're expecting from your three-hitter. You need more from that position there. They at least get one run in the first inning. So then, like Clint said, you go to the second inning, and they did get something going there. Gung strikes out swinging to start the inning. Cervelli singles on a ground ball. Brian Reynolds doubles. Brian Reynolds, I'm becoming a big fan of this guy. I don't know what's going to happen if and when they get everybody healthy in the outfield. If they get everybody healthy, you get Marte and Dickerson back, and Polanco's still playing and healthy. Reynolds is going back to AAA at some point. But while he's here, I really like what we've seen from him. But anyways, I digress. Cervelli singles, Reynolds gets him to third, then Cole Tucker strikes out, and Chris Archer grounds out. I understand it's the bottom of the order, but it's another opportunity that you don't drive runs in. 
and we keep going back, and I got a feeling we're going to say this a lot this year, the small margin for error that they have to win games, it, it requires you to capitalize in those situations, and they're just not doing it, especially the first inning. I'm not going to fault the guys at the bottom of the lineup as much when you get to Cole Tucker and then Chris Archer not driving the runs in. That's one thing. But when Gregory Polanco grounds into a double play in the first inning with runners on like that, I mean, you know what you have to get done in that situation. And I hate giving him a really hard time here because of that. But Gregory Polanco's been around long enough. He knows what needs done in that situation. And then just to compound it later on in the game where Polanco bobbles another ball in the outfield after we saw him do it against the Diamondbacks, that, that's going to get tiresome in a hurry. When that's been the MO on him for a lot of his career is the inability to field the position in right field. He makes things look like an adventure out there when they don't need to be. That's going to get old quick. And, and that's, I mean, that's where we are too. Like I say that, but I, I fully realize that I feel that way because they've just lost six in a row. Those mistakes will get overlooked when they're winning, but they're not winning. So things like that get magnified. Clint Hurdle talked about Josh Bell. Josh Bell, our most valuable hitter, brought to you by the Orthopedic Institute in Monongahela Valley Hospital, putting your health first. That's an easy decision. Josh Bell's home run. Josh Bell has just been the the only guy you can consistently turn to in this lineup right now because there are other two hot hitters at the time, Melky Cabrera and Colin Moran, not playing every day because of their situations. Josh Bell has been out there every single day. He's hitting 282. He now has six home runs. He's driven in 18 already this year. Josh Bell has done just about everything you could have asked him. He's had like two bad games within the last uh, four days. But for the season, that's about it. It was interesting. Clint was asked if this is similar to what we saw from Josh Bell in September. Did the postgame show in September during the Marlins series and got to talk to Josh Bell after one of those games. And he was going hot then. And he said he had just simplified things at that point. And then we've talked to him this year. He talks about what he worked on in the offseason to try and get going at the start of the year. Whatever it's, Whatever he did is working. Because you also heard Clint Hurdle talk about from the right side of the plate, his hitting is like the best hurdle has seen it when he's hitting right-handed. So he's going well on both sides of the plate, which if you told me that he was going well in the middle of the lineup, I would have expected like where the Pirates were at 12-6. and six. But to now be at 12-12, and 12, I'd have thought, boy, if you tell me Josh Bell's hitting 282 with six home runs and 18 RBIs, I'd expected things to be going really well. But that's also because I would have thought this pitching staff was going really well. And that's where we circle back to the last thing I heard Clinton Hurdle say that I wrote down here. It's actually one of the first things, but was about Chris Archer. So he said they got some good and some bad, a little bit of a mixed bag. They didn't trade for Chris Archer to get a mixed bag of results. You didn't give up Austin Meadows. You didn't give up Tyler Glasnow. You didn't give up Shane Boz. For a mixed bag of results from Chris Archer. I understand everybody has bad outings. I understand they can have a bad day, a bad inning, one bad pitch that they have to pay for, and that could change things. That's not what we've seen from Chris Archer. I don't feel like just one time or two times or here or there they've been bad outings for him. We're starting to get a better sense overall of what Chris Archer is as a pitcher right now. And it's not what the Pirates need him to be. Just plain and simple. Chris Archer, bring it up here, had 10 starts as a Pirate last year. 
and had a 430 ERA. You didn't trade all of those guys for him to have 10 starts, only pitch 52 in the third innings, and have a 430 ERA. You didn't trade all those guys for Chris Archer this year to have an ERA of 4.33. They have to get more from Chris Archer. I understand the trade is done. There's nothing that can be done about it now, but there's still the expectations of Chris Archer pitching better than this. Four innings from Chris Archer simply isn't enough, and it never will be. He's not expected to be a number one pitcher. That's Jamison Tyon. They have other guys that can fill in the middle of the rotation as well, but he can't be a back-of-the-rotation guy either. In four innings and six earned runs and a 433 ERA is projecting more like a back-of-the-rotation guy. Clint Hurdle talked about his inability to put guys away. Well, you know what? You traded for this guy to, to put those guys away. That's the problem. And we had, I keep mentioning it, we had the Dodgers beat writer on before the, or during the preview show today, before the game. And one of the things he told us was what this Dodgers lineup likes to do is make guys work, make them throw pitches, make them be inefficient, and get them out of games. That's the scouting report. And you know what? I get that Chris Archer's game is what it is, but step it up. When your team's in the middle of a five-game losing streak, you need Chris Archer to do more than four innings and six earned runs. And I'm not just picking on him here because I said the same thing about Jamison Tyone the other day against the Diamondbacks when he didn't have his best stuff, and he went five innings, five earned runs. And if Jameson Tyone wants to be an ace this year, then that's the type of start they need from him when they're starting a losing streak. He needs to put his foot down. Chris Archer needs to be the same guy for this team. When you give up what you did for him, there's expectations, right or wrong, and he's not living up to them right now. What The, hurdle, the other thing Hurdle said, they were fouling balls off with two strikes. Well, Chris Archer at times is a strikeout pitcher. He went four innings, only three strikeouts today. Again, put your foot down and strike guys out then. You just have to be better when you're Chris Archer. Sometimes it's as simple as that. The guy just has to be better. Four innings, six earned runs. That's not better. That's not even good. And that's not enough from Chris Archer. That, to me, is one of the big stories of the game right now. If you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 412-928-9370. We'll still be going here for a little bit. We'll take your calls. We'll talk more about this game, where it went wrong. We'll preview the next game as the Pirates try to end this six-game losing streak. And we'll also hear from Chris Archer next. He'll tell us himself what went wrong. That's coming up on Pirates postgame. 2-2 pitch, line drive caught by Bell. And he reaches down and slaps first base with the, his glove. That could be a big play a in this ballgame. Double play, a bullet by Bellinger, but Bell of the Bucks. That is our good hands defensive play of the night brought to you by Roberto Clemente Jr. Family Insurance. And it's really interesting they talked about how that could have been a big play because that was a really nice play from Josh Bell to turn the unassisted double play there. He makes a nice play. It's, it's a quick reaction play on Cody Bellinger's liner, which Bellinger red hot. That ball gets down the line with Justin Turner on first. And Turner, with the way he can run, I think can still have a chance to come around there. Plus, with it going out to Gregory Polanco, who I was just talking about, bobbling balls out there already this season and not having the arm there yet. or I mean, that's been his one thing. At least he has a strong arm, and the arm isn't there right now. So he can't afford to be doing what he's been doing. He did in Arizona, against Arizona and did now, bobbling the ball around. That's a ball that maybe brings a guy around, and Bell makes that play. And then you start to think, like, all right, you're down 2-1, to one, nice play. And then what does Josh Bell do? in the top half of that next inning, that's when he hits his solo home run. Josh Bell is doing everything he can to keep things going here. You really have to appreciate the effort that they're getting from him. 
but they need it from other people too. You see it in spurts. Melky Cabrera has been solid. I won't dog him at all. Colin Moran's been solid this year. Not going to dog him. Brian Reynolds has been good, hitting 438 since he's been here. Super small sample, but at least he's doing it. It's better than not. Cole Tucker only hitting 240. He had a rough day, 0 for 4 with uh, three strikeouts today. That's not great, but that's, I mean, that's just a young guy figuring his way through the majors. I, I have faith in him to figure things out. And mentioned Gregory Polanco. He's hitting 313. That that's good. If Gregory Polanco hits 313 at the end of the year, I'm going to be happy. But the defensive stuff, it's going to be a problem. It's going to grate on people, especially when you're in the middle of a six-game losing streak like they are right now. The Pirates 6-2 losers tonight to the Dodgers, down to 12-12 and on the year. Something we spent a lot of time talking about in that last segment was the night Chris Archer had. Just unacceptable from what you need from him. You gave up a lot to get the guy. You expect a lot from him. He has not delivered on that tonight. A really rough game for him. He didn't have his best stuff, obviously. Four innings, six hits, six runs, all earned. Three walks, three strikeouts, two home runs, and an ERA of 433. He spoke after the game. Let's hear from Chris Archer now. Uh, there's no doubt they're, they're a good club. Um, they've been the back-to-back World Series. And, um, but it, what happened tonight really had nothing to do with them. I didn't execute. Um, my slider was bad. I kept trying to throw it. Um, I kept trying to force it, and uh, you know that's really what happened tonight. How much was it just the inability to put away guys who'd have two strikes? Yeah, I mean, if I have my slider working like it normally is working, then I'm able to do that. Tonight I didn't. Um, you know, I uh, left the changeup up to Bellinger, which you know it happens. I mean, anything that dude sees right now, he's smashing. So. Um, but other than that, most of the damage was on sliders that I left over the plate or fastballs that I didn't locate well enough. And we know the success you've had, your big striking guys. So when you say you didn't have it, it's just like with a starter just on given nights, hey, sometimes it feels good, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I have the you know, utmost trust in that pitch. And it doesn't matter if I give up six homers in a game on that one pitch, I'm still going to go to it because you know, the track record of the pitch. But uh, tonight was just one of those nights where it wasn't good and uh, I should have made an adjustment and I just, I was too stubborn. That's something where you can take care of it in the bullpen? Yeah, I mean, it's really not anything to be overly concerned about. Just, uh, you know, make sure it's sharp and crisp going into my next start. Do you say you were, you said you were stubborn. Is that just, okay, hey, I, I know how much success I've had with this pitch. I, I'm, at some point in time tonight, I'm going to feel, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that feel just never came. Did you add Barnes to one-two pitch? Um, I, I thought so, but I saw the pitch was off. Um, you know, serve made it look a lot better to me than, than what it was. It was, it was off. Um, but, you know, I've been in the game long enough, dude, like, I turned the page. It just didn't work out in our favor at all. Um, I don't beat myself up too much over it. It definitely is frustrating. Um, but again, I go pitch to pitch, uh, moment to moment, batter to batter. It's not something that lingers. Um, just tonight wasn't my night, and that, that was clear. There's a lot to unpack there from Pirates starter Chris Archer, and we're going to get to it. Uh, Cody Bellinger, 
with his home run in the first inning today, set the modern-day Major League Baseball record with 88 total bases in March and April. Uh, Setting modern-day Major League Baseball records is crazy. That doesn't happen. That is a long, long history to pull something off like that. The record is kept for seasons since 1900. That's a crazy, crazy long time. And this guy's breaking that record. You hear or you heard Chris Archer say he just left that change up up to Bellinger. Mistakes happen. One mistake pitch happens. I, I don't want to kill him for that, but you know with Cody Bellinger at the plate, you can't make a mistake. You almost have to be perfect. He wasn't the change up up was a laser over the fence, and that ball was gone. But it's one pitch. What I do take issue with, he talked about not executing. Obviously, he didn't execute tonight. That's not, like, shocking to anybody. Just look at his line. Only went four innings through 88 pitches, 53 for strikes. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't execute, especially against a good lineup like this. He talked about the slider. One of the pitches he really has a lot of faith in was bad. And he said, like, I just kept throwing it because of the track record of that. I I don't know if I'm going to accept the idea that the track record for Chris Archer suggests he should keep pitching one way. Because I read you the numbers in the last segment. He's a 433 ERA this year. Dating back to last year and just his starts with the Pirates, the ERA was in the fours. If you go back to just his overall 2018 between his starts with the Pirates and the Rays, the ERA, so with the Pirates, it was over four. Combined, Pirates and the Rays, it's an ERA of 4.31. It was four point, yeah, because it was 4.31 with the Rays, 4.3 with the Pirates. I don't think this is the same Chris Archer that Chris Archer thinks he is. He thinks he's Chris Archer from like 2015, 2016, 2017, where he struck out 252, 233, 249, and made a couple all-star teams. This isn't that Chris Archer. And he's basing that slider's ability in throwing it on being that pitcher still. He said he was stubborn about it, and it was part of not— he said he wasn't getting guys out with two strikes on them. But he said if I had the slider, it would have been a different story. But you didn't have the slider— and you need to be the type of pitcher that can figure out how to still get guys out. You either rear back, ratchet that velocity up, do something. But what he did tonight wasn't it. And it's just it's the whole recipe that they've been going on right now of the starting pitching not coming through for them. The starting pitching has not been anywhere near where it needs to be. Archer, we said it before, this start, four innings, six earned runs. Start before this from Jameson Tyone, five innings, five earned runs. Jordan Lyles, the start before that, five innings, four earned runs. That's 15 earned runs over 14 innings pitched for those three starters the last three games out. Now you have Trevor Trevor Williams and Joe Musgrove. They're your next two guys coming up in the rotation. Trevor in his last start, seven innings, two earned runs. Joe Musgrove, six innings, three earned runs. Those are numbers that will give them a chance to win. They need desperately a chance to win games right now. They are not giving this offense a chance to win. The offense is obviously beat up with injuries and not running on all cylinders, but they can't, even when they are running on all cylinders, win games where your last three games, your last three starts are 14 innings and 15 earned runs. They need to figure something out, especially with Archer and Tyone. Those are two guys that if they're going to go anywhere this year, they're going to be relying on heavily, 
And those aren't the type of performances that they can afford to have from them. We're going to take a second and look at a positive from tonight's game. The bullpen. They went four shutout innings. And this is the second game in a row they've done that. They went four shutout innings against Arizona as well the last time out. This is a group of guys that we, I would say personally, I expected the starting pitching to be good. I had questions about them because I didn't know which version of Trevor Williams you were going to get first half or second half. Either way, it had been a good Trevor Williams. But the second half obviously was like a Cy Young level Trevor Williams. Joe Musgrove, first full season as a starter, wasn't sure. It's been really positive results so far. Jordan Lyles had no idea coming into the year what to expect from him. First couple starts are good. Then this last one was not. Archer and Tyone, meanwhile, like I said, expecting so much more from them and have not seen it. You just can't have those two guys with ERAs as high as theirs if they want to win. But the bullpen, to me, was coming into the year the biggest strength that this club had. It was what I felt best about coming into the season. They had their couple bumps in the road early on, but they're settling in. Nick Kingham, two innings, a walk, three strikeouts tonight. Richard Rodriguez, an inning, two hits, two strikeouts. And Felipe Vasquez, one inning, a hit on a ball that if he doesn't touch, rolls to the infield and they get the out. Walked one, but struck out two. He has an ERA of zero. I, I feel like Keone Kella, I've talked about it time and time again, a historically slow starter. You go back and look at the first month of each of the last three years for him, and he had an ERA over six. Last couple outings, he has not given up a run and has looked sharper. We'll see if he can continue that. Kyle Crick started the year really strong, went on the injured list, had a good outing back, got snake bit. I mean, no pun intended, against the Diamondbacks. Some fluky plays that hurt him there. But I still feel good about him. So the good news is the bullpen looks to have figured out their problems. Even Francisco Liriano's pitching well right now. So they look to have figured out whatever issues they were going through. The bats are what they are right now until you get guys healthy. We could see that coming. Corey Dickerson being sent out on a rehab assignment we found out today. And Starling Marte, we also found out, may not need a rehab assignment. They're starting to ramp him up. Clint Hurdle talked about that in the pregame. They're going to let him see some breaking balls and things like that at the plate the next couple of days, see how he responds, and hopefully just get him back. I believe it's Monday he's eligible to come off the IL. So you could get him soon. That will help. But if the starting pitching doesn't figure it out, they're not going to be able to go very far at all this year. But like I said, one positive from this game that we'll focus on right now, that bullpen, it's good to see Chris Archer getting work. It's been about a week since we've seen him pitch. Obviously, he wasn't even shaking off rust. He just looked strong. But before we wrap things up for the night, I want to take a look. We, t- we really focused on this in the pregame show. The look around the league, it's centered on Vlad Guerrero Jr., the number one prospect in baseball Made his major league debut tonight. There's been so, so much hype around this guy throughout the last year and a half. A lot of talk about why he wasn't here already. There were injuries delaying him, but people thought even at the end of last year, they could have brought him up. Well, he's here. You go to MLB.com earlier today, if you did, they had 11 headlines under their latest news. Five of them were related to him. All the videos down the middle of their page, there's three of those. All of them were Vlad Jr. One was a video of a home run ball he hit in batting practice today. That's the hype that was surrounding this guy. Vlad Guerrero Jr. had one hit tonight. I want to hear the clip of that right now. Chopping ball inside the first base bag and up the right field line. Guerrero streaks around first, turning the corner, headed towards second. Piscotti digs it out of the corner and airmails the throw over the cutoff men. It ends up at third base. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's in the show with the winning run into scoring position. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stands at second base, moving into scoring position with the winning run. The ball is sent towards the Toronto dugout. Guerrero ushered off with the crowd for Alan Hansen, pinch running. And that is it. He got the one hit, a double. It was a rocket down the line. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be an exciting guy to watch for a long time to come, I have a feeling. I mean, you remember his dad, obviously. Vlad Guerrero, he's the namesake of the guy. This is going to be an exciting player, so it's cool to be able to grab that highlight from the Blue Jays radio network and play it and be able to hear the excitement around a guy like that. I've talked to Jack Sorensic in pregames and postgames as we knew he was coming up here soon about the excitement of calling guys up like that from the organization standpoint, from the fan standpoint. So it's the highlight that I want to bring to you tonight. Just, I mean, there weren't a ton of them from the Pirates game, but that's a pretty cool one as you look around Major League Baseball. A prized prospect like that that people are excited to see getting his first hit as a Major Leaguer. We're going to wrap things up here for Pirates postgame, and we'll take a look ahead. The Pirates lose today 6-2. to two. They've lost six in a row. They're 12-12 and 12 on the season. You get Joe Musgrove and Trevor Williams, your next two starters out. Joe Musgrove, 1-1, one one, a 159 ERA, 26 strikeouts. Trevor Williams, 1-1, one one, a 259 ERA, 21 strikeouts. You feel really good about those guys and the chances of them getting a win. But it's Clayton Kershaw against Joe Musgrove. 277 ERA, 13 strikeouts. He's had a slow start to the year because of injuries. But it's still Clayton Kershaw. It's still a 277 ERA when you look across at him. Uh, that's going to be a tough game. Then you look at Sunday, Trevor Williams. It's Rich Hill, who's making his debut for the season. He, what was it? He strained his left knee in spring training. So he went down to the minors, didn't want to go down to the minors, made one sort of rehab start and embarrassed a triple A team. I think it was like six innings, 16 strikeouts and like two weak grounders. He just mowed through them. So Rich Hill is a formidable pitcher that Trevor Williams will have to go up against. So you hope that the Pirates will be able to scratch out at least one win in this series and end this six-game losing streak. But we wrap things up for tonight. For fan reaction, Craig Riley, I'll be back with you tomorrow getting you ready for that Joe Musgrove-Clayton Kershaw matchup. It's a 9-10 first pitch on that game. I'll be with you for Pirates preview at 745 Wrap it up here for tonight on The Fan, getting you ready for the, for the CBS Sports Network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 